0: Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Um, I just ask you that you be with us here and speak through me to your people to be able to explain your word to them and to be able to just give them the truth on these different topics. God, we ask you to just guide us, help us. In Jesus' mighty name I do pray, amen. So last week, I think all the things that we were talking about were to be leading up to this point here that we are after the truth and the truth is important um the bible tells us that in the latter days there will be a lot of falsehoods there'll be a lot of false teachings and i ended last week telling you guys that it doesn't matter how many false teachings you know if you don't know the truth about jesus christ You're not going to be in the right mindset of it to be able to deal with all these issues that come up. Because when I tell you there are a lot of false teachings, there are so many of them um, that it's hard to piece it all together. Right. And that's why I can't even talk about all of them um, in detail as much as we would need to. But the good thing is that we don't need to expand so much on, on in detail there. But for you guys to just have an idea, but rather we focus our teachings more so on Jesus Christ Right? and what the truth is. And the truth is that we are sinners in desperate need of Jesus Christ. We owe a debt for that sin that we could not pay. And because of that, God sent His Son, God in the person of Jesus Christ, in the person of Jesus Christ, not a different form, that's a whole other thing, in the person of Jesus Christ. Um, they come and teach us how to live, but also teach us um, who he desires for us to do, but also pay the ultimate price for our sins, right? God died on the cross. He went to the cross. He took on all of our sins. He bore all of our shame. He died a death that we deserve to die, right? And he paid all those debts. And on the third day, he rose, and he conquered death and sin to the grave. And with that, whoever puts their trust in Jesus Christ, um, shall be saved and have eternal life. Life with Jesus Christ, eternal life beginning right now with God, right? Uh, this is the truth, that when we love God, we do what he has told us to do, we do his commandments, right? Jesus says that those who love me are the ones who do, not not, not just those who that listen to me, but those who do as, as, as I say. He says that in John. That is the truth. In the purest form, that is the gospel that I have shared with you just now. As you put your trust in Jesus, you repent, and you accept Him as your Lord and Savior. There's one thing about the enemy that I need to share with you guys. Satan does a very, very good job of telling about 99% of truth and 1% of lie. And that 1% of lie is just good enough. It's all that he needs to be able to convince you and make you think that you're doing the right thing when actually you're falling into something that's very, very dangerous, right? And I will say that, like, you guys have seen that before, right? There are some people who will tell a little bit of truth and then sprinkle some lie in there, right? We've all done it before. And the next thing you know, you're confused as to what was really even true. Right. So there are some false ideologies that have entered the church, false ideologies that are in the world that I'm going to go through today. And I want you guys to just examine yourselves and see, man, where are they, Where am I? in like, have I fallen into, into any of these things before? Um, and what are my thoughts on this? Right. And let's just chat. Maybe either we get some time later today or we get some time next week to this chat and see what you guys thoughts are on this. Okay. And um, another, one movie that we'll, you know, maybe sometime we'll get a chance to watch when we all meet, meet up in person. Um, so American Gospel on Netflix, if you get some time, check it out. Um, Pat had shared it with, with me some time ago and I checked it out. And so I'm, I kind of basically went through and um, put together a summary of the different things that were there and some things that I found elsewhere as well. So these are the false teachings and the false ideologies, right? I'm going to say the sentence, I'm going to explain why it is false, okay? And at any time during any of this, please stop me if you have any questions, if anything is confusing, let me know, okay? But always keeping the premise of what I said in the first five minutes of this, right? First two to three minutes of this is that you, we don't figure out what is fake. By knowing and studying what is fake. We figure out what is fake by knowing and studying what is real. And what is real is Jesus Christ. And we come to know Christ through his word. Okay? So I'm sharing these things with you here. But of all these things that I'm talking about today, if, if you, the reason why we end up falling into some of these things is because we don't take the time to study God's word. So I'll share these with you here. But my thing, my biggest thing for you guys is to know that this is something that um, we then need to focus more on being in the word, okay All right, so first false ideology that we see here is I'm going to say the phrase all right you guys let me know if you ever if you've ever heard this this before, just give me a thumbs up, all right you use the thumbs up a, a button. So the first false ideology is being raised Christian makes me a follower of Jesus. Has anybody heard that before? If you have, just give me a thumbs up. Yeah? Okay. We got just just one person. If you ever heard somebody say, hey, I'm a Christian because I'm from a Christian home. Right? That is false. And the reason why that is false is because each person, at the end of the day, is going to face God by themselves. Not Not with their families or where they came from. You're a Christian if you're a follower of Jesus. The family that you're raised in doesn't automatically make you a believer and it doesn't automatically get you into heaven. It it's it's helpful at times, but sometimes you can see it can even be a hindrance because some people think that since they are coming from Christian homes, they don't really even need to, you know, accept Jesus or to or or to follow him in any way, right? They already think, hey, it's for me. My mom and dad are Christian. My grandma was Christian. So, automatically, I am too. No, and if you guys have that mindset, um, if you're from Christian, many of you guys I think are of from Christian homes, right? I've Known you since you were kids, um, but really need to ask yourself, like, have I really given my life over to Jesus Christ? Right, my sold out for Jesus, is that me? Um, so that's that's the first one. Being raised Christian does not make you a follower of Jesus, okay? So, yeah, and, you know, there are some people who think that they are half, you know, Christian, half something, some other faith. None of those things, any, somebody else's faith doesn't transfer over to you, right? There's nothing that that transfers over to you. So please, please, please make it a mission, your mission to get to know Jesus for yourself. All right. Coming back to the word. Um, The second one is known as Christian moralism. And this is the idea that Jesus is not the center, but you are the center of your life. Christianity is about being good. So if I do enough good and my good outweighs all the bad stuff that I've done, then I'll go to heaven. So the idea is just be a good person and God will love you for that. Um, thumbs up if anybody's heard this one before. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, good, we got one. All right. So that's good. Um So Christianity, um, one thing I'll say is that you cannot earn salvation by doing good works. All right. You can't make it to heaven by doing good works. Um Rather, the law is meant to be a mirror, right? All the things that, all the good works that you're trying to do, um, falling under the law, as we say, right? Not murdering somebody, um, giving, all that stuff. It's meant to be a mirror. And you look into a mirror to see where you fall short, and then you go to God for help. The gospel is what helps us reconcile pride and despair. If we're not careful, right? we look at the law and we say, you know, I don't need the law because I'm such a good person, right? That's one extreme, that's pride. Saying that I'm a good person is prideful. And the despair part is that, man, I'm so terrible. How can I ever make it to heaven? But the gospel comes and says, it's not on you. It was never on you, but it was on him. It was on Jesus and what he has come to do for you. So you see how the gospel bridges the gap between that pride and despair and really helps us to be able to know the God whom we serve. And that it's not on us. There's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. Every other religion will teach you. You got to do this, this and that. You got to pray five times a day. You got to go to Mecca. You got to do this if you have the opportunity to. You got to give this and that. Christianity is saying, you can't, there's not, you're so bad that there's nothing that you can do, right, to earn salvation other than put your trust in Jesus Christ. It is a free gift. If something is free, you can't earn it, right? If it's a gift, who has ever earned a gift before? When you guys have, when Christmas time comes around and somebody gives you a gift, like you didn't earn that gift. They just gave it to you right it's a free gift and that's what we call um what jesus christ does for us right so the third one and that this third one kind of lines up with the second one a bit um but just understanding with the christian moralism one the second one that we went through saying that jesus is the isn't the center but you are the center jesus is the center and we have to live our lives with jesus at the center of our lives So many times, we live our lives like Jesus is not the center and we are the center. And we do this without even realizing that we're doing it. For example, I wake up and first thing I do, check on all the things that I want to do, I want to accomplish for that day, you know, check my phone, whatever it is, right? And then after that, I'll say, okay, then maybe later on, I'll have some time to pray. I've made myself the center of my life in that instance without even realizing it. And Jesus is just sort of at the end there. That later on in the day, maybe I'll get to him. Maybe if I don't, maybe next time, right? But rather put that in reverse. Starting with Jesus at the center, you're living your life asking, Lord, how can I make your glory known today? How can I just live for you today, right? And let the Holy Spirit lead you in that sense, Okay so that's number two any questions so far okay third one that we got third one is that use the like button if you if you've heard this one people are inherently good so i believe i am a good person okay so the third one is that you know I believe I'm a good person. And the reason why this is false and there's a problem with this, the Bible teaches the exact opposite, right? The Bible teaches that no one is good, though not one. We see that in Romans, right? In our iniquity, our mothers bore us. In the beginning, God created us, right, without sin. But then um, sin came into this world. And through Adam and Eve, everybody from that line going forward is exposed to sin, right? So we come into this world with sin. Um, we, have, we have desires that are not good, right? Because that we, that's why we need God to come and change our lives, change our hearts. That's why when God comes into your life... And if you're still acting and doing the same things you were doing before you had God, it's a reflection that you don't really have God. Because our desires in the beginning were sinful, but then God comes and gives us new desires within our hearts, right? So we have to know that there is no one that is good. And because there's no one that is good, we put our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ, who will then change us. If you think that you're a good person, then why do you even need to repent? Why do you even need to ask for forgiveness? Why do we sin? In God's eyes, none of us are good. But thank God that God doesn't look towards our righteousness, because our righteousness is as filthy rags. But thank God that he looks at the righteousness of Christ. That's why we have that imputed righteousness and imparted righteousness, right? That God is looking at the righteousness of Christ. Because we are so messed up. I'm so messed up. I'm not inherently good, I'm inherently evil. me standing before, me teaching before you guys today. but it is only because of Jesus Christ that I am able to then be before you guys to teach you the good news of God and to let you know that you also are inherently a sinner, but you need not live that way because you have the Holy Spirit. You have God to help you be able to live life in holiness. So you don't have to fall each and every single time you mess up. And you don't have to succumb to it and say that, man, I can't do this because I've, I just, you know, this is just the way I am. No, you must be born again, like we, like, like we said last time. Right? And the Holy Spirit will give you new desires and help you. Even if the Holy Spirit doesn't completely remove some of the desires that you guys have, right, he will help you not to succumb to those desires. Okay? So, that's point number three. Um, We are inherently sinners, not inherently good people. And since we are inherently sinners, that's why we need Jesus Christ. Okay? So number four, and I don't think many people have heard this one. Number four is evangelism by blessing. Anybody heard this one? That when you go out evangelizing, you just got to focus on the positive stuff. And for any of my college folks on here, um, this will probably be one that maybe you won't see this year because you're all doing, you know, class from, you're all doing class. You're all doing class from your rooms. Um, but when you start, you know, maybe going out and, and, and people come to your school and all that stuff, you'll see people showing up doing evangelism and street ministry and all that stuff. There are some people who are street ministers um, who get so much hate and flack on them because a lot of people are like, man, you're preaching hate. Why are you telling this person that if they don't repent, they're going to go to hell and all that stuff? Um, And even as us believers, if we're not careful, we end up saying the same thing, right? But um, they're teaching truth. They're teaching truth a lot of times. The problem with evangelizing by, by blessing. And that basically means you're telling somebody, hey, you don't need to repent. You're a good person. And you just, Jesus loves you, man. God loves you. And God is just like, you know, you don't you don't got to do anything. Just just be you, man. You're awesome. You're everything. You know, that self-empowerment thing that a person is boasting your ego, right? When you know daggone well that you have, have done some things that you're not proud of right now we are in desperate need of a savior to help us right so when we go out into the world and as believers we try to evangelize by blessing it's a problem because we make people feel good but making people feel good does not help them when you think about it it's not love it's not loving because you're allowing somebody to remain deceived I'd rather have somebody feel some type of way and get it now than for them to remain received and spend eternity in hell. We say things like, you know, God loves you and has wonderful plans for you in your life. And the things that, yeah, God, God does love you and have, and have wonderful plans for you. The, the verse is, is definitely not wrong. Um, but when we have to understand, a lot of times when people say wonderful things, we think of good things, right? Or things that we typically term as good. Like, you know, God's going to have you, you know, get into that school that you want. Or God's going to have you married by 25 or whatever, right? But God, God's wonderful plan is any plan that brings God glory. And this is very unpopular. Cause it, and this is hard to hear. But God loves you and his plan may be something that is painful to you, that brings pain to you. May even be something that ends your life. Take Stephen, for example, right? God's wonderful plan for Stephen was for Stephen to go out and share the gospel, to share the good news of Jesus, to share the Old Testament, all into a crowd of people who desperately hated him. And then for him to be stoned while doing it. He looked up into heaven and he saw the Lord, and Stephen got stoned. or God's wonderful plan for you may be like Anna. Anna was a woman who um, her husband died early when she was like maybe 20, 21, and she spent the next 60 years in, she spent the next 60 years single. She didn't remarry, but instead she she went into the temple each and every single day. And that brought glory to God because now there are many people who may never get married. That may not be a calling that God has placed in somebody's life. But they can then look to the story of Anna and see, man, look at what God did there. She's still so happy and joyous, right? Those are wonderful things. But it's completely crazy what I'm telling you because naturally what we would think of something wonderful is something that is so fun, right? Um, That's not always the case. So, yes, God does love you and have wonderful plans for you, but know that those plans are plans that will bring God glory. Does that make sense? I can't see anybody's face, so I'm going to guess it does. (laughs) Um, The fifth one that we have on here, and this one I think we all fall into this problem, myself included is that the bible is all about me oh man right. thumbs up anybody heard this one before anybody feel this way the bible is all about me right how can i this idea is that how can i read the bible and see that this is talking about me here right that when one the problem that comes up sometimes and i think it's really funny is when we have bible studies right <laughs> A lot of Bible study teachers and people fall into the issue of like, or just people that are there discussing, right? They fall into the issue of like, hey, like, what does this mean for me? You know, I'm reading this. I'm reading this story, you know, Ruth and Boaz, for example, right? In the book of Ruth. Um, people look at it and they're like, oh, Ruth and Boaz and Ruth found Bo- Boaz found Ruth. And so that means that, you know, I'm, that, that's for me. Like, if I'm looking for somebody, I just got to be like Ruth. And my Boaz is is on the way. My Boaz is on the way, you know? But not knowing that, no, this story is about Jesus, and the Bible is not about us. The Bible is not about us. The Bible is all about Jesus. It is not your story. You are not the star of the Bible. Jesus Christ is the star of the Bible. The book is all about him we live in a very westernized world right where we kind of read linear so beginning middle end but in the old testament in the old times they kind of write in a way where they write a story think of it like an onion i should have brought an onion with me think about it like an onion and then in the core of the onion is like jesus right but everything else in it revolves around jesus right so that onion even though it's spreading out all the different stories Noah, the beginning to the end. Jesus is both the law and the good news, right? Both the Old Testament and the New Testament all talk about Jesus, right? Different God revealed, God revealing his son through all those different things, right? So it's a story about Jesus. And when we read the Bible, our questions should then be um, how then can we come to know this Jesus? And give God glory based on the truth that he has said in in his word. Okay? The Bible is not about us, guys. It's not about how we can take these principles and make a lot of money and just be happy, wealthy. We'll get to that one soon. Just be happy, wealthy, (laughs) and all this other stuff. But the Bible is all about Jesus. And how then can we give glory to God and then spread that glory around the world, right? So that's number five. The Bible... It's not about us. It's about Jesus. He is the star of the show. Um, number six. Number six. Oh, yeah. I think I'll break this one into a little like number six A. Number six part A is that hell is not real. Anybody heard this one before? Hell is not real. Okay. Cool. We got. We got two. go. We got about. We got a couple folks. So. There are people who have said that hell is not real. This is a problem. um, Because they then make it seem as if, like, um, all you need to do... Like, it goes back to being the good person type of thing, right? Hell's not real, so everybody's going to make it to heaven anyway. Um, Just try to be the best person that you can be. Okay? But I'm here to tell you that hell is very real, and that's not based on... Some revelation or whatever that I've seen um, of, you know, people in hell or anything like that. No, that's based on what Jesus himself taught. And Jesus taught many, many times about hell in, in the word. Talked about the lake of fire, all that stuff. So if anybody's trying to sell you on a, on a doctrine that hell is not real, please run. Get your coat, get your hat and get out the door. All right, because hell is a very real place. It's not for us to um, dwell on it, right? Our our goal isn't to be like, how can I get out of hell? How can I keep out of hell? The goal should be, how can you get closer to Jesus? They are very different things, right? They're very different mindsets. How can we get closer to Jesus and spend eternity with him? Um, yeah, and we're not here to like preaching fear of hell and all that stuff. We're here to let you know that it is a very real thing. Um. And he's a very real place in the lake of fire and those who disobey and do not follow the law and, and do not follow God. Those who are not sons and daughters of the Lord. That's where they spend eternity. And I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that. I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't tell you that. I talk about love and I talk about God's wrath as well. I give them equal weight. Okay? He'll be focused on Focus on Jesus and how you can get closer to him and don't worry and fear about hell and all that stuff. If you have Jesus Christ in your life and you're truly following him, you don't need to be walking around feared and, and, and afraid of hell, okay? So this part 6B, Here, any questions so far? Please you can put, feel free to put them in the chat or whatever we can address them as we go along. Um, part 6B is that all religions are right. And all religions lead to heaven. Anybody heard this one before? Ooh. Oh gosh. This this makes me so sad. <laughs> okay, there's quite a there's quite a few. So all religions are right, and this is the idea that alright, you're a Christian, cool, be a Christian. You're a Muslim, cool, be a Muslim. You're a Buddhist, cool, be a Buddhist. At the end of the day. If you're a christian you're gonna make it to heaven make it to your christian heaven if you're a muslim you're gonna make it to your muslim heaven and if you know buddhist just follow those rules and you'll make it the problem with this is that the bible has a lot to say about this and the bible doesn't like this idea at all right This this is an idea from the world and not an idea from the bible the bible will teach us teaches us that all religions that are not right. Right? The Bible teaches that there's only one way to the Father. There's only one way to God, and that is through Jesus Christ. It's not a, you can have your thing, and I can have my thing. You can have, you can like chocolate cake, and I can like vanilla cake, but at the end of the day, we both had cake. And we're both happy. No. This is saying... That if, in order you know to be saved, right, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you love the world, you can't love Jesus Christ. there, there is only one way to the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. So I want I'm here to tell you with boldness and confidence that there is only one way to heaven, and that is through a Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is no other path. You can't have buddha as your god and allah as your god and then later on meet up in the middle or you can't have judaism as your god and allah as your god and then meet up in the middle you can't do that even though they're all abrahamic faiths no the one big difference if you can have a a muslim person convince me that jesus christ is, is 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 the son of god if Muslims can can agree that jesus christ is the son of god then maybe we can talk and be on the same page but the biggest difference is that if you ask somebody who is of a, a different faith is do you need to have jesus to make it to heaven they will tell you no but the bible is telling us that yes you do need jesus you can't even start talking about getting into heaven or being near the father without going through jesus christ okay so there's a question of are you allowed to switch religions can you kind of give a little bit more detail on what you mean by being allowed to switch religions like if you because i don't want to put anything in your mouth right so um say if you were a believer before or if you're uh if you're a buddhist can you just easily switch to christianity and then go from there to something else to someone convinces. Keep that thought, okay? And then we'll bring it up towards the end, as I, I want to be able to make sure that we're clear on what on what you're asking. Yeah, should... yeah so you can keep that thought. Um, and we'll come back to that one, okay? So, the next one here, What is this Uh. little boy doing, Uncle Albert? Get your kids. (laughs) Where is he? (laughs) Um. Anyway, so the next one on here that basically links back to what we just talked about is the idea of postmodernism. Has anybody heard this word before? Postmodernism. Postmodernism. Thumbs up, like if you have. All right, cool. Now, this kind of relates to what we just talked about. Um, Postmodernism is the idea of live your truth. Maybe a lot of you guys have seen a lot of Instagram posts, Facebook posts, just on social media that, yo, you just do you. Whatever your truth is, live your truth. But the problem with truth, guys, is that there can only be one truth, there can't be multiple truths. Truth is objective. Truth is not subjective, right? Come back to the cake thing again. Like <laughs> I like like chocolate cake. Somebody else likes vanilla cake. That's not what we're talking about when we're talking about truth. When people are saying live your truth. You have to know that what's true for you. There's, there can only be one truth. So somebody saying what's true for you is true for you, but isn't true for somebody else. Doesn't make any sense. It sounds good because it makes us, it, 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 absolves of, of, it absolves us of sin. It absolves us of thinking that we need to repent for anything because we think that we are living our truth. But there's only one truth. And that is Jesus Christ. Okay. So keep that one in mind. The eighth one here, and this kind of links up to that top one again, is that the gospel is meant to unite. Oh, I hear this so many times. The gospel is meant to unite us and not to divide us. You're a Christian, so why are you not loving and why are you not saying all these things that are loving, but you're spewing hatred? Jesus himself says that I've come not to bring peace, but a sword. Jesus himself comes um, to say, to tell us, if you don't love God more than your brother, your sister, your mama, whoever it is, right, then you can't be a disciple of Jesus Christ. There are people who, who are Muslims, right, who sometimes come to the faith. Um, one person by the name of Nabil Qureshi and uh, Nabil was a local guy, which is why I'm bringing his name up. He went to ODU. Um, for some time, if anybody here are at ODU, maybe he's he's got something there. But he stayed at, at ODU, and when he was at, at ODU, that's when he became a believer. Um, but I'm saying this to say that Nabil had to make a decision that could have cost him his life at that time. And he basically had to tell his parents that hey I've found Jesus and I'm following Jesus and I'm putting aside my muslim faith right now imagine he's coming from a place where all of his family members are muslim and they are not just muslim but they are teachers of it okay so for him to make that step it was literally following what Jesus said that if you don't deny mother father brother you cannot follow me so guys i want you to know this is really real and that there is something here right if Nabil didn't believe these things, why would he follow, why would he put all of his, the stuff that he can see to the side for something that he can't see, right? But he feels that, 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 that God has done so much for him. So, I want us to know that the gospel is not meant to unite. Actually, the gospel is meant to divide, and the gospel is meant to set clear, right? Oh, have I answered the question throughout this? Okay, okay, cool. Um. Now let's see, another one. Oh man, this one. Oh, this one is that you have to speak in tongues as evidence that you have the Holy Spirit and that you are saved. Anybody heard this one before? That if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit and you're not saved. Just sorry to put it to you. Okay, let's destroy this one. Okay, well, let's expose this one. Um. Sorry, give me one sec. Okay. So the question is, um, the statement was that, you know, you have to speak in tongues as evidence that you have the Holy Spirit and that you were saved. This is not true, guys. Um, glossolalia. New word for you guys, if you haven't heard it before. Glossolalia, try, try try saying that word like five times. Glossolalia or speaking in tongues is a gift, and it is no indication that you are saved. When we talk about tongues, we it takes us to the book of Acts, right, where Jesus had, before Jesus left, well, when Jesus came back, um, he told his disciples, you know, go to go to Jerusalem, go to the upper room and stay there fast for and and be there in prayer for a couple of days, right? So they went there, I think it was about 40 days or so. And after that time, when they were in the upper room, the Holy Spirit came upon them like fire, right? And it put on each of them a different tongue, right? And they started speaking in tongues. Now, these tongues were tongues that could be understood by somebody else. So say for example I'm in the room with you guys remember my friend Sky or Javar when they came to to teach to teach you guys they don't speak any tree right but imagine I'm speaking in tree as I'm praying right and then Sky understands what I'm saying in tree or I've got somebody else in the room who's Japanese I've got somebody who's Chinese And I just all of a sudden start speaking Chinese. And then the person who's Chinese understands what I'm saying, right? So in that instance of Acts in the beginning, that was one version of the tongues. This was not an indication that these people were saved. It was not an indication that that they were any special more than anybody or that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. No. Speaking in tongues is not even a way to like booster or coerce the spirit in any way no you can't control god okay speaking in tongues is not an evidence that you have the holy spirit there are many people who speak in tongues but at the end of church will be in the parking lot cussing somebody out so we have to really think about this right how do we get saved right by putting our trust and faith in jesus christ as the way and the only way it's not an indication that we have the Holy Spirit. Another form of speaking in tongues is one that is unintelligible, right? Unintelligible language. You don't understand it. People near you don't understand it, but there may be somebody there. And for those type of things, there are very strict rules. When you speak in tongues in the body, your ide- ideally, you want to speak in tongues um, by yourself get in your own prayer closet, whatever it is that you're praying, if the Holy Spirit puts it on your heart and gives you that, go ahead and and, and speak in tongues and let the Holy Spirit communicate with you in that way. But typically, Paul is very clear about this in the Bible. And I might get some flax for this or some flogging for this because we do this a lot in church even, where people just start busting out in tongues. The Bible gives us clear direction that tongue speaking is to be reserved for... um, that that tongue speaking is to be reserved um, for when you guys are by yourself. Or if you are saying it in a group of people, there needs to be an interpreter to be able to interpret to the group of what's happening. Or else an unbeliever may come to your church, be like, y'all are crazy, leave and not come again. OK. This is all in the Bible. I promise you read it. Let me know if there's any doubt or question that you guys have about this okay tongues is a very real thing it is a gift it is amazing but it's no indication that you are stronger than somebody else or you're better than somebody else or that if you don't have it that you're lacking in any way no it's not okay so i want you guys to get that all right and these days this this time and age there are people who are teaching folks how to speak in tongues you cannot be taught how to speak in tongues you cannot be coerced To speak in tongues and if you're doing that you better be very careful what you're saying because the devil also speaks another language okay so i want you guys to really keep that in mind now the last part here which i think we'll probably expand on a bit more um is the word of faith movement and the law of attraction anybody heard any, any of these words law of attraction word of faith I get a thumbs up while I hold my breath and ask how many. Okay, thank you. So there's a lot. Um, The law of attraction, guys, is uh, the idea that whatever it is that you want, you can attract it And you can manifest it by thinking either good or positive, positive things or negative things. So if I want, uh, if I want a car, right, I just got to think about it really hard. And I have to uh, believe that I'm going to get a car. And I have to think positive thoughts about the car. And then I am going to. Make it a reality. So it's taking what I have in my mind, right, and manifesting it into reality. Guys, this is dangerous, and that stems from it's go, It stems from this whole umbrella called New Age, right? New Age thinking, New Age theology, is very highly in contradiction to the Bible. And one thing that this is probably the biggest part that we'll continue on maybe next week or in a couple weeks on new age thought here is that remember how I said that the devil is able to take 99% of truth, take 1% of falsehood and make you guys believe that what you're doing is correct. That's basically what new age is here. And that's how new age has been able to enter the church. The law of attraction, when you hear, anybody know Joel Osteen? When you hear folks saying stuff like, you know, you are wealthy, you are happy, you are, you know, Jesus did not make you here to be poor, any of those things. That's word of faith, right? Law of attraction, you know, you just got to say good things, those things are going to come to you. I will tell you, there are people who were in this who have said that, yes, they did this and they manifested They use the term manifest, right? Which is, I hate that term so much. But they use the term manifest that they brought something into existence themselves because of what they thought in their mind. All of this falls under, all of this is very, very dangerous. And the reason why it's dangerous is because we are not, we are not God. We are not God. But there is a little God theory. That's another one. There's a little God theory. And the little God theory is that, you know, we <laughs> we're made in the image of God. And since we're made in the image of God, we are God. And I have a friend, uh, my barber. I love the guy. He's, cra- he's, he's, he's wonderful, but he's crazy. Um, my barber will straight up tell me that he is God. And He told me this a couple months, a couple years ago, and you know I've been trying to work on him. It's you know the Holy Spirit. It's, it's still working on him. I I I pray, but my barber tells me that he's God, and you know if he were God, he would know the coronavirus is coming. But then how did you know he went out of business for 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 some couple months. Anyway, there is this belief that since we're made in the image of God, that we are God, and since we are God, then we can do just what God did, and we can do exactly what Jesus did. We can do even greater miracles than what jesus did right and we take scripture and we twist it to make it seem as if we truly have power i will tell you guys this manifestations and all that stuff yeah that stuff is there and i won't doubt that it's false but it's not you that is doing it but when you give yourself that you are tapping into some demonic stuff And you're tapping into some spiritual things that you have no business tapping into. Myself involved. We have no business tapping into those things. When we take take a story of Saul, for example. There was a point in time when Saul wanted to hear a word from the Lord or something. And he went to a medium. He went to... So y'all gotta read your Bible. He went to a medium. And like a witch doctor or whatever it will say. And that person summoned, like, the soul and the spirit of somebody else in the song of that conversation. God despised that so much. We are not to be speaking with spirits. We're not to be engaging in with them. Satan has been able to do this thing where he's made you think that you're the reason why you're getting what you're getting. That you're manifesting things. But you're not realizing that you're actually tapping into and allowing another spirit to come into your soul... To give you what it is that you want. But know that the devil never comes to just give you what you want and have no and, and and ask for nothing in return. So don't dabble in spiritual things, don't dabble in demonic things. Y'all are hip. Right? We're all Africans here. But know that we live in the United States. And in the United States, the ballgame is a little bit different. In Ghana, it's very real. And they're out there and we see them, right? They say, yep, me and baby four, this and that. We see them. But in the U.S., we got nice little things like New Age and Law of Attraction and word of, word of Faith. We have to be very, very careful. These things are dangerous. They are deadly. And if you pull yourself into it, they will mess you up and they will keep you away from Jesus Christ. So please, I've heard too many testimonies where people have said that they were Christians and they were following Jesus, but then this word of faith stuff and this law of attraction stuff sounded too similar to what the Bible was teaching. So because of that, they fell into it. I'm telling you guys that it's not. Do not go off trying to manifest anything. Why is this a problem? The biggest reason why this is a problem is because it takes the glory from God and it puts it on you. Why was Moses not allowed to make it into the promised land? Because for a split second, Moses took the glory of God and he gave it to himself. And he was angry, right? Don't play with the glory of God. You have no need to go in and manifest anything. Anything that we want, pray for it and pray and ask God for it and pray in faith, asking, believing that God has done it for you. That's very different from saying that I'm going to get some crystals and I'm going to get a, what, what are those other things? A vision board and all these other stuff. Guys, you're using objects. People are using objects to make these things their, their, their God. You have made those things your God. And sometimes we can even make faith our God. but That's a whole different discussion. But I want us to be able to know these things and be mindful to not get involved in this type of stuff. I hope you guys are hearing me. And I hope this is clear. All right. Do not dabble in this type of stuff. It's demonic, it's evil, and it's not helpful. Astrology, yoga, depending on how you're doing yoga, right? What are you tapping into? Chanting. Like, all the stuff that the world has made it seem like, oh, this is cool. Like, it doesn't have anything to to do with Jesus or faith but you don't know what spirit you're tapping into by doing that, and you don't know what spirit you're inviting into your your, your life. Guys, a spirit cannot come and overtake you unless you give it permission. Demons are real. Don't go in there playing games with them. Please, if you want something, trust in Jesus, ask Jesus for it, and believe that Jesus will do it for you if that's what Jesus wants for you. Don't take your problem to some spirit or take it to you think it's yourself, but I'm here to tell you it's not yourself. It's not yourself. Right? Sorry, dream boards. I've I've, I've heard the names. I don't know if that's the same thing as as a vision board. Um, Dream boards where you're putting on here that you're, you're seeing anything that you use. If you need to use something, To get what it is that you want, be very careful. Pat, I don't know if that that helps kind of clear up what you were asking. I guess so. I personally have never heard of a dream board, so maybe there is a difference. I don't know. But the vision boards I know are like... I've been at like vision board parties, if you will, where people just cut up stuff from magazines and they have goals for themselves, and they just kind of put it as inspiration to move towards those goals. Yeah, I would be very. I don't know if that's the same as a dream board, though. Yeah, I, I I think they might be similar, but I would be very I would be very cautious um, in using anything to, like, look at or use as a way to then get to what it is that you're trying to get. I would be very cautious. Um, Like, the Bible tells us we don't need any of those things. We don't. We have the kind of question, why are we doing that, right? Why are we going and focusing on astrology? Our number sign to tell us who we are and what it is that we can do. Why are we looking at, why are we going to psychics? Guys, we don't need any of that stuff. We have the most powerful person in our lives, and that is Jesus Christ. The most powerful spirit. Why go to a lesser spirit when you have a God who is so great and isn't? And when that God says that every knee and tongue, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Why not go to that God? Right? We have used the term the universe. I don't know if anybody of you guys heard that as well. That if I do good, the universe is going to do this and that the universe is the source of these things. Guys, who owns the universe? The devil. Right? The devil has power in the universe. Why go to the universe when you can go to the God who created the universe? So please, when somebody's coming to you with, let's go do all these things and uh, just try these crystals and put it in your room and that type of stuff. Don't invite demonic things into your life. Don't do it, y'all. Well, we, have, we, don't, we don't need any of those things. We serve a God that is far, far greater than those. I'll tell you guys, there have been so many like, spiritual attacks and all those things that, 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 that have come up, right? Um, and you, are, you have to know that it's not like when you have God, <laughs> you don't need anything else. So it baffles me at times of why people go to these other things. I know why, because it's faster, it's quick, it's easy. Right? But it doesn't lead it leads to destruction. Um, someone asked the question, is the devil the God of the world and not the universe? I would put those two as the same thing. The world, the universe. I mean God has given the devil dominion of not just you know of of all of all his creation that, that God has made. He's made, he's given the devil the the right to be able to rule over the things that are in this world. When I say world, I think the whole universe, right? Um, so that's kind of what, what I mean by that. Um, so when people say that you know, they're trusting in the universe, it's just them using another word to explain some spirit that they're allowing into their lives to come and really mess them up, to come to give them something. Um, or they truly believe that they are the source then that means that they themselves have made themselves God because they believe in the little God theory that since we're made in the image of God that we are God ourselves that god that guys that doesn't make any sense right if i am if I make a painting right that looks like me, right I've made a painting in the image of myself, right does that mean that my painting is God? no. God made us in his image, but God did not make us God. He's given us his spirit, but we must still submit to the sovereignty of God, and that sovereignty of God may mean that not all of us are going to be healthy, may mean that some of us may be sick for the rest of our lives, may mean that not all of us are going to get married, some of us may be single for the rest of our lives, may mean that not all of us are going to you know, be wealthy. It may mean that some of us may be working a nine to five just to make it by for the rest of our lives. But that's the sovereignty of God, and that's because of what God wants. So trust that God does have wonderful plans for you, and those wonderful plans may be in those things. All right, guys. So I know we're kind of a little bit over time. Um, I'll stop it here, and then we'll chat for a little bit and then close. Um, And we can continue next week. Um, Have I? Let me see here. Is there any questions I haven't answered? But yes, let me close in prayer really quickly. And then we'll chat for a little bit. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to just discuss today and go through your word. Um, Lord, I pray that everything that we touched upon here, that your children heard and that they know that they've seen the truth. I'd help them to focus on you at least in the first couple of minutes that we talked about here of what you came to do for them and let them know that any of these false doctrines that come up that they not go with them and take the easy route out but being a Christian know that being a Christian is long-suffering. It's difficult. It's not easy. Though with you lord we will have peace we will have that joy in you which will be greater far greater than anything else that we have in anything else so god we thank you i pray that any any person here lord that has dabbled in these things that has believed any of these things god that you help them to repent and to get out of them and that you free them that anybody who's in bondage to any of these things god within their mind, within their practices of what they do, Jesus, please restore them and just take them out from anything that binds them. Any single license that we've given the devil to come and reign in the spirits within our hearts, God, we ask them to be removed in Jesus' mighty name. And we ask that you come to fill our hearts and let your Holy Spirit just fill our hearts and renew us God, we need you so much to help us. God, thank you so much for all that you do. We love you. In Jesus' by your name we do pray. Amen.